Um, I think it's cool to be a part of something, but I think that, it, you know, back to a coach's favorite answer, right? It, it depends. It depends what your mindset is. This Runs Radio, episode 1078, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, if you're looking for a way to maybe get yourself, get as much as possible out of your workouts, maybe give yourself a little extra edge to hit those repeats hard, maybe to lock in that tempo pace, maybe even on race day, you want to give yourself a little boost and and you've been turning to pre-workouts in the past, I got a suggestion for you. Turn to Amino Co, specifically the performance, the Perform Blend. Sorry, it's not performance, it's Perform. Get it right, Diz. Uh, but check out the Perform Blend from the Amino Co, uh, which is a nice little blend of amino acids, things that your body needs anyway. A little hint of caffeine. Give yourself a little pep that way as well. But no crazy amounts of sugar. Actually, no sugar at all. So it's not going to lead to some sh- type of sugar crash, anything like that. Also, not a bad option. For, you know, midday, need a little pick me up midday, starting to feel yourself lagging. Don't turn to some nonsense, you know, pop. Cause yes, I'm from the Midwest. So it's pop, not soda. Don't turn to some pop. Don't turn to some candy bar, things like that. That's got a bunch of sugar, which, you know, may or may not be good for you. I'll let you decide on that front, but there's really no nutritional value right in those types of things. Instead, turn to a little hitter from the amino co a little perform hitter. Get yourself some amino acids. Get yourself a little shot, shot of caffeine. And again, no sugar. So no no drop off, no crash after the fact. Just get locked in. Finish your day at the office strong. Finish your day wherever you are where you need that little pick-me-up midday or pre-workout or both. Perform from the Amino Company is my go-to, and I would definitely encourage you to check it out as well. And if you're so inclined as to do so, the company. I was going to say, I was going to do the website wrong. I need to get my websites right. When I got sponsors, get the websites right. Even when I don't have sponsors, get the websites right. The the company, the Amino Company has set up a, an exclusive landing page just for us, which you can get to by pointing your browser to aminoco.com. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O.com slash Dizruns. Aminoco.com slash Dizruns. That's just, you know, it's the same landing page as you'd get to from any type of, or not, maybe not the same, but it's, it's my landing page, but it's just got all their, their, um, information, their different products, different flavors, all the, all the stuff that you might want to find out, but it lets them know that, Hey, you know, you heard about it here on the podcast. And then if you decide to make a purchase, don't forget to make sure you use the code Dizruns 30 at checkout, save yourself 30%. And I'm sorry, again, get things right. Diz it's just Dizruns. There's no number at the end of it. Use the code Dizruns at checkout. The number that you save is 30% though. I got that part right. Dizruns at checkout, save 30%. AminoCo.com slash Dizruns is the link one more time. Thanks to the AminoCo for sponsoring today's episode. And now without any further ado, let's get on with today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is a lady that uh, I I really just met uh, casually or briefly, I guess not really casually, a couple of months ago. Um, But based on what little I know about her in those couple of few months, I have no doubts that we will have plenty of things to talk about today. 
Uh, she's a fellow running coach, and y'all know that I love talking to my peers in the coaching world, always hoping to, to learn a few things myself, maybe help y'all learn a few things as well. She's also the owner and kind of lead coach, boss, everything lady, although she's got a team under her uh, as well with the, the Jacksonville, Florida chapter of Moms on the Run, which is an organization that I feel like I've, I've, we've talked about a little bit on the, on the show in the past. And I feel like I know just enough to be uh, maybe sort of dangerous, but certainly looking forward to learning more about it today. And any of y'all that are listening in kind of that Northeast Florida part of the world, maybe might be worth checking out as well. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure we've got other things that we'll get to as we go. But without any further ado, let's get the, uh, this whole party started by officially welcoming Ms. Amy Magdalene to the show. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Amy. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Denny. I love it. Thanks for uh, asking me to be on with you guys. Yeah, looking, looking forward to it. And y'all, uh, like I said, if, if you, in, well, I guess I haven't said this part yet. If you enjoyed today's conversation, obviously we got places to, to connect with Amy. And, and the website for Amy is, uh, the best one at least, is certainly her Moms on the Run link, which is momsontherun.com slash Jacksonville. Uh, again, find out more about the organization. I'm sure there's a contact link there as well. Of course, there's also social media on Instagram at Amy Magdalene, all one word, A-M-Y-M-A-G-D-A-L-E-I-N. That E, a little tricky. Don't forget about it. It's there. It's important. Uh, and you can also connect with her Moms on the Run uh, Instagram account as well, at Moms on the Run Jax, J-A-X, of course, for Jacksonville. And uh, if you want to find her on Facebook, just look for the Jacksonville Moms on the Run page. And again, you can reach out there. As always, we'll have all of Amy's contact information, links, things we talk about today, photos, the whole nine in the show notes for today's episode. So if you're out, and, out on the run, out, out on just doing things on the go, unable to write stuff down, no worries. You know where to find the show notes. Dizruns.com slash 1078 is the link for today. Dizruns.com slash 1078. Point your browser back there at your convenience and click links to your heart's content to connect with Amy and maybe even run with her if you're in that Jacksonville area. So... Now that we got all that out of the way, Amy, the way we always get things started here on the show is with a pretty simple and straightforward question that sometimes is an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit uh, more of a difficult question to answer because there's a lot of good options out there. But one way or the other, it's a good place to get the conversation started. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, that's actually kind of easy to answer for me because the marathon distance this is my favorite race. Favorite distance to race is always the marathon. I will take a long race over a short, hard, fast 5k any day of the week. Oh, amen, sister girl after my own heart right there. I, it, it, it's so ridiculous, it, it, at least to me to like kind of objectively think about that. Like, because you know, anybody who's, who's really run and raced a marathon pretty hard, no matter what your, your overall pace is, no matter what your time goals are, if you're pushing yourself, you know, that last hour, maybe that last hour and a half, maybe that last two hours, who knows, um, of the marathon, pretty miserable. You know, you're pushing your hard for, that, for a 5K, that, that whole 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is, you're pushing yourself hard, also pretty miserable. So objectively, it just seems ridiculous to me as, as one who completely shares the opinion that I'd rather do a long, long grinding marathon versus a short, hard, fast 5K. Um, but you got to admit, objectively, it kind of doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't make any sense, but at the same time it does. You know, I really love the long runs. I mm. like the training. I like the double digits. I like getting into the 20s. I like being out there with friends and being sweaty and talking and hurting together. It it just, it's great. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, although I say totally agree. Some days the long runs are not my, like, it's a struggle for me to get out of the door. Like it just, you know, like, like I know I'm going to be happy when I finish it. I know it's going to be worth it. Um, when I have, when I have partners or when I have company, usually it's a little bit easier, but sometimes those long runs by myself, especially you start getting into 18, 19, 20 miles, like, 
oof, that can be a that can be a hurdle. But yeah, again, all in all, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push back too much. I'll take a marathon over a 5K any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Yeah, when they, when you know, they're getting really long and you're by yourself, I can see how that would be a challenge. But I'm really lucky. You know, our running community here in Northeast Florida is amazing, mm-hmm. and I pretty much always have somebody to run with. That's. That's not a bad situation to be in, and, and uh, I know I know a lot of us. That's uh, we do have some options, and we have friends, and we have partners that we can we can run with, which is which can certainly make things a lot easier, especially when you get into those those longer runs. But um, going back to the to the beginning here, Amy, how did you get started in this sport? What was your kind of introduction to running? It's been something that's been kind of most most of your life, something semi recent ish. Where did you get started in the sport of running? Well, I ran in middle school and high school, but, um, you know, just the normal track. I ran 440 relay. I ran the hurdles. Um, actually ran the hurdles until I jumped a hurdle and fell and broke my hand. And that was the end of the hurdles. Um, but it was never something that I really loved. I played baseball or softball. I played volleyball. I actually played basketball. Basketball was my favorite. I was actually pretty good at it, even though I'm on the shorter side. But um, I really loved basketball. But Uh, I gave up pretty much all sports after high school. I got into a car accident in my senior year, um, messed up my knee, and I kind of took that as as an excuse to not do anything for a while, so I did, and um, I took some time off, um, like forced time off, um, had my son when I was in my early 30s, and you know, typical women mom story, I put on a lot of weight with my pregnancy. Um, and then here's the thing though, you know, my son was small. He was only six pounds. I guess that's not too small. He was six pounds. And, but I gained like 70 pounds. I was one of those women that, you know, I, I had this thing about these ices. They're like cherry ices. They're at the seven <laughs> 11 around the street for me. And I literally drank like three a day. They were so good. They had that like little tiny chipped ice. That was mm-hmm. just, Oh, it was so good. Anyways. Uh, yes, I gained the weight. And when I had him at the hospital, um, I, I was like 196 ish pounds when I got there and that was really high for me. I was, you know, my normal weight is 130s, 135, something like that. And then, you know, I pushed out the baby and he was six pounds and I was 194 and I was so mad. I was like, wait a second. I just lost six pounds. How am I, did, how did I not lose six pounds? Like what happened? You know, um, so I, w- I thought I would at least be like 190 when I walked out, but that didn't happen. might have been the Big Mac that I ate after <laughs> the delivery, but anyways. But my mom, she's been a runner since the 80s. Uh, she ran the New York Marathon in the 80s, and I always thought it was stupid and hard. Well, I mean, other than the track, the easy stuff, you know, but she was the marathon runner. She would uh, leave our house and like run downtown and my dad would go pick her up from downtown. Like she didn't, she wouldn't run back. She would just mm-hmm. run all the way there and he would go get her and bring her back. But I just thought it was really silly. I was like, that's so boring. Why do you want to do that? And uh, she would take us to races and we would stand there and cheer and be like, can we leave please? You know how your kids do when they're out there cheering. They're like excited for you, but they really just want to go home. And that was me. And after I had my son, she was like, you got to run. You got to run. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And um, she finally talked me into it. Um, I did a 5K and it was like 40 minutes. Like you said, it was like very slow and I was very overweight. And but something clicked. I was like, even though it was slow, I had a really good time. And I was like, I think I could probably do that better. So that like competitive little, you know, part of me kicked back in. And I started running more and more. And 
I dropped 60 pounds like it was nothing in three or four months, under four months, all the baby weight was gone. I was actually less than I was before I got pregnant with him. And and then it was all she wrote. I mean, I just fell in love with it. It was, I love the way that running made me feel. I love that, you know, the way that it helped me um, feel good in my own skin again and not, um, you know, just so yuck about where I was before that. Um, I ran a half marathon within, I don't know, the first year or so and marathon within the first two and I just have been running ever since. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Once I, I think all of us, you know, can, can, or at least most of us, you know, never say all right. Never say never as well. But, um, I think most of us can probably relate to some, some level of kind of once running gets it's, it's, you know, gets its grip on you. Once it gets its teeth sunk in, uh, that's it. You know, some people it happens pretty quickly. Some people it takes, takes a little while, bit of an acquired taste to really, to really get to that point. But yeah, once, once, you know, once the rest becomes history, then, then it's, it's, you know, pardon the pun, but all off to the races at that point. Um, yeah. I mean, how many runners do you know who've done one race? Yeah. Not very many, not, not very, very many. many. Um, but thinking back to that first race and it sounded like, and, and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, like it, it kind of, something clicked in that after that first 5k, but I'm curious in the, in the interim of, you know, mom, the runner trying to, to influence you to run a little bit. Um, like, was it, was it a struggle to kind of stay like, like what were, what were those first, however long it was between getting started in that, and that first, that first 5k, was it, was it okay? Was it miserable? Kind of what was, what was that really initial uh, phase of running like for you? Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that I've worked from home for a really long time. I have owned, I owned a marketing agency then and I, and I owned, I worked from home then as well. So I would put little man in the stroller and we would go for a walk, you know, we'd walk and walk and walk and I actually would walk to the subway and I would walk to not the, like the train subway, like the sandwich shop. <laughs> and, um, we would walk to the bank and we would just walk everywhere. I mean, we had everything close and, uh, you know, when she told me that I needed to start, cause, but I wasn't losing any weight, you know, I wasn't like the running, the walking wasn't really helping at all. So, you know, when she was encouraging me to start running, then we are, I don't know how familiar you are with the Galloway, uh, mm-hmm. running method, you know, the run walk method. Um, but she encouraged me to just run a little bit, you know, I don't have to run the whole time, you know, just, do a little bit of running, just get your heart rate up a little bit. And so that's really how it started, um, was just running a little bit at a time and starting to feel a little bit more comfortable with it and running a little bit more and, um, and doing a consistent run walk where I could feel good and not feel like I had to do it for this long amount of time or I wasn't doing anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, um, you know what you know, Galloway obviously kind of has made it famous, but any type of run walk interval routine, whether it's, it's the full on Galloway or, or some other little kind of offshoot variation. I feel like it's one of those things that makes it makes running, especially getting started in the sport, like so much more doable. It becomes one of those, those bite size bits that like, whether you stick with it forever, whether you, you, you know, extend out the intervals, maybe even get to where you're quote unquote, just running straight through and not taking the, the, mm-hmm. the regular walk breaks at some point down the line. Um, it can really be one of those things that just, like I said, makes it, makes it seem more doable than like, Oh my God, you want me to go run for 30 minutes? Like, no, you, I want you to run for 30 seconds or a minute or whatever, right. whatever it is. And then you can kind of build from there. 
it's so much easier to wrap your head around those short intervals and all of a sudden you've done the 30 minutes mm -hmm. and you've got a great workout in and you also feel good. You've got some recovery from the front end. You're not just pounding on your body right there from the beginning. And if, you know, if you're starting overweight like I was, that's, it's hard, right? right. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of extra uh, impact on your body. So, you know, starting easy like that was a, a big deal for me because it allowed me not to give up. Right. Right. And, and, you know, I mean, again, any, anybody who's been running or been around the sport for a while, whether it's a, your coach or not, um, I think we can we can somewhat agree that, you know, kind of that, that long term approach is kind of what's necessary. Not maybe not necessary, but like it's to me, it's the surest way to, to reach your goals is chip away a little bit, you know, week by week, month by month. Um, instead of more boom and bust type year of, by of year, situation. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, if every run makes you feel miserable because you're just out there hammering too much, it's hard to stay consistent. But if you're out there and, and you're pushing a little bit, you're getting the work done, you're feeling, you're feeling good about yourself. And then tomorrow or the next day, whenever you're supposed to, whenever you're, you're you know, scheduled to run again or whenever you want to run again, your body doesn't feel like you got hit by a train. Like that's again, to me, that's kind of one of the big keys, big pillars of, of growth in the sport is, is that it's not just about today, but it's setting yourself up for tomorrow, the next day, the next day as well. Absolutely. So you, you, you run this first, um, 5k, it clicks like, wow, races are pretty cool. Get into the half marathon, eventually get into the marathon. Um, Sounds like, you know, and, and again, sometimes sometimes what sounds like and what actually happens aren't aren't always the same, which is why I'm, I'm going to dig in here just a little bit deeper. Was the progression up the ladder pretty smooth for you or, or were there some hiccups along the way? Uh, it was pretty smooth overall. Um, you know, we all get a little bit excited once we catch that running bug and um, I had found a running group on, uh, through social media. You're probably familiar with like the, like the half marathon, I don't even think of what it's called, like the half marathon, um, the fanatics, the half fanatics, uh, it, it's fanatics, half yeah. fanatics. Yes. Thank you. So, you know, they had these like guidelines, you know, you have to run so many halves and within so much time mm -hmm. of each other. And then you have to run so many in a year and all this different stuff. And, um, so I did like the 12 half marathons in a year and that was before I ran my first full or maybe it was like leading up to it but I mean it, I got hurt there was there was no way around it I really didn't even get hurt until like the like like November you know like so one of the last ones that I was doing um, and of course this was all pre-COVID so we had all our races mm -hmm. so I was running a live high, a half marathon every month even in the summer I was like traveling and which was really cool I mean I was having a blast doing it um, but after the November race, I had bad piriformis issues. Um, you know, the pain in the butt that it won't let you do a whole lot of anything. And I ended up missing the December race because I could barely move. Um, and that definitely pulled me back off the, the hammering like you were talking about and just going, going and going and going. Um, and it's something I think we all have to learn on our own because even when I try to tell people now when I'm talking to them about, you know, overdoing it, mm -hmm. I kind of get the glassy eyed look, you know, and they're just not really paying attention. And, um, and, and sometimes we have to learn the hard way and they usually do, unfortunately, but, um, I was able to get healthy and, uh, and come back from that pretty strong and, and make smarter decisions. Um, and run my first full. That was at the Donna Marathon here in Jacksonville, which is a really great race to end breast cancer. Um, and that was my first full, and it was over. I was marathon uh, from then on. <laughs> um, well, I guess I guess the maybe the most obvious question, at least in my mind, 
you got that close to the half. Did you ever go back and get the half fanatic uh, situation re- remedied, or did you, nah. you just come that close and miss it? I missed it. Oh man, I kind of I, I kind of didn't care after that point. I think I I, I was just like, hey, I didn't even want it anymore. Gotcha. Wasn't that important? Gotcha. Um. Boy, I, that's, I don't know, I, I love talking coaching stuff, and I don't know that we're quite there yet, but since we're on the, the topic, what are your thoughts on, and, and maybe this is a loaded question, I'm not meaning to be a loaded question, but like those types of, like half fanatics, marathon maniacs, any of those types of things where it's like, you know, it's it's cool, I think, I mean, I think it's cool, but like to try to, try to, to do that many races in a short time, maybe for again uh, no no uh malintentment here but like sounds like you're still relatively inexperienced of a runner at the time you see this thing oh wow it sounds cool dot 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 maybe that led to the injury like like what are your thoughts from a from a coaching perspective on those types of challenges those types of of you know whatever cool kid clubs um and and just in general people trying to achieve them right yeah right we all want to belong i think that running has that you know alone aspect of it but it also has that feeling of uh, being part of something. And um, I, I think it's cool to be a part of something, but I, I think that it, you know, back to a coach's favorite answer, right? It, it depends. Right. It depends what your mindset is. And, and, and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I was going out and basically, you know, running hard every race um, and pushing myself and, you know, trying to see how good I could do or how fast I could go for each of those, you know, 12 half or 11, which I ended up doing any of all those races. And uh, so if I could do it again, or if I did do it again, I would go out and I would run the halves for fun, Mm -hmm. just like I would any other Saturday long run. Um, And I wouldn't push the pace. And I think that that's fine. Then you get, then you can get the the inclusion and you get to be part of the fun stuff, but uh, you don't um, suffer from the backlash of it. Um, So I think it it depends on what your mindset is and how you approach it. If you want to run a half marathon every month, I mean, I run 13 miles uh, every month, right? I just don't do it on a race course. I do it on the road training. I'm not out there, you know, trying to push the pace every single time and and I'm fine. Um, So I think it's all about how you approach it. Yeah, that's, that's a a great point. And and it's one of those, those, um, if I can, you know, kind of borrow exactly what you were saying, I think it's a difference between running and racing. And, and, you know, like you said, a lot of us run 13 miles at least once a month. Some of us run that as our long run just about every week. Um, but there's a difference between going out and, and taking a quote unquote pleasure cruise for your long run versus going out and trying to set a PR every time. And, and that's one of those things that, again, like you said earlier, might have to learn from experience. Also just one of those Mm -hmm. things that like is easy to miss, especially when you're a a newer runner and and you just kind of think that everything needs to be hard all the time. Right. So, yeah. um, the first marathon, Donna marathon, kind of a big deal. Um, and, and sounds like it went well for you. Um, what, what, like, you know, kind of maybe take us, take us back through as, as much as you can, depending on how far back in the rearview mirror it was like, what was like, again, I feel like the marathon is one of those races where it's easy to say, Oh yeah, you know, I did it and it was great. But like, at least in my experience, Eh, I can say that it was great, but there were some hiccups along the way. There were some, some bumps and bruises and lessons learned. Um, but, but that first marathon, relatively smooth sailing. What was, what was that day like for you of, of never having done this before? And then you get to the finish line and like, wow, this was awesome. 
You know, um, I, I'm, I have to be careful, uh, you know, putting too much like glitter on it because, <laughs> of course, not everybody's experience is, is awesome. But I had a really great first marathon. I remember my feet hurting, like the bottoms of my feet hurting a little bit. Like uh, the course has changed in that marathon since the first time that I did it. But uh, the end, like the, the last two months, last two miles or so we go up this big bridge mm-hmm. um over the intercoastal and it's a lot of that road is uh cambered so you're kind of tilted sideways um so at mile 24 25 i was cursing that that tilt in the road um so my feet were not super happy but i mean i don't really remember um feeling bad at any point there except for just my feet like being done um I mean, the, the weather was great that day. I think I just got super lucky. You know, I mean, you, you, you train and so hard for something and then, you know, you can come to race day and there's just so many little factors that could go wrong. If you have a bad race. And I think I was just lucky and all the main factors came together and I finished upright. I finished feeling good. I finished literally ready to go sign up for the next one. Gotcha. How long did it take to sign up for the next one? Not very long. I think that I was, I mean, you know, I mean, of course, I'm still a very novice runner. So, you know, even though I had just, you know, came off the not getting the half fanatics and missing the 12th race and, you know, doing my first marathon, I'm still like, oh, I could go do another one right away. You know, <laughs> woo. Um, so I don't think it was very long. I don't remember exactly how long it was until my second one, but I probably didn't recover as much as I should have before I started training for the next one. Um, but I was just all in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, you know, kind of going back to what we talked about, like, uh, you know, you, once, even after the first 5k, you, you had the bug and, you yeah. know, I think, I think a lot of us, um, even us coaches, even, even me where we know, all right, you know, I just did this big thing, whether it's a hard marathon, hard, whatever, any, any type of distance race, first half marathon, whatever that you're, that you're pushing yourself for. All right. I should probably make sure to recover a little bit. And like, you know, we don't think about that. Yeah. Well, at least I, I think about it. I maybe not actually follow through on it, but I at least think right. about maybe I should take a week or so downtime, let my body recover. And it's like after like two or three days, I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe I should take it out for a test drive and just see. And then, you know, it's I'm best laid plans. I'm my runners now. I'm pretty strict with myself and I'm strict with my runners. Um, if they run a marathon, there is no running for a week and, you know, uh, at least a minimum of a week. And depending if, you know, how they're feeling mm-hmm. and how the race went, we may take a little bit longer. Um, but it's, uh, you know, time to reflect on how you did time to get some extra sleep, mm-hmm. time to let your muscles rebuild and repair and, you know, all that good stuff. And, and some of them probably just run without their watch on. So I don't know, <laughs> um, that's certainly possible, but at, at the same time, I think that they get it, mm-hmm. um, for the most part and they don't grumble too much. Well, and, and hopefully once you've been there, done that a few times, like, like you start to realize that like, you know what? after building up for this race for however many months that we've been working towards this, this goal, you know, if you don't run for seven days, nine days, 10, yes, you might be going a little bit stir crazy, but you, a, you're not going to forget how to run and B your body's not going to lose all the fitness that it built over the course of those, those weeks and months leading up to it. So, you know, and you're absolutely right. It's not a, it's not just about the 26.2 miles. It's about the months and months of miles that you put in, you know, leading up to that. And that, that's what your body is you know, needing to recover from. Have, have you ever felt like after a big race, like, you know, the days after you come down with a sickness, have you ever, I've had yeah. that before, mm-hmm. you know, where you feel great, you have a great race, you come home and, 
and all of a sudden you get a bad cold or you get the flu or you just, you know, something happens and you're like, what's going on here? It's almost like your body like gets that the work is done and it doesn't like keep you healthy anymore. And it's like, boom, you just kind of crash. And it's like telling you that it's time to do nothing for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just system overload. Like, you know, it's yeah. the, the, the whole, it's not just our running, it's, it's our whole body. And sometimes, you know, you, you pull off the, after, after a good, hard effort, good, good, hard race day, you got to pull back, let your body recover because the system is worn down, which makes you more susceptible to those viruses, things like that. So yeah, totally. Like I said, totally, totally agree. Yet sometimes hard to, hard to follow, hard to to follow my own advice. And, uh, you know, we, we all, uh, something we all can work towards, but, um, shifting gears just a little bit, Amy, and, and, you know, kind of, we've dabbling here in a little bit of coaching talk. Where did, where did coaching come onto the radar? Like, you, you know, you built up, you get into running, lose some weight, get injured, run your first marathon, that goes well. Uh, when did you decide to maybe, you know, attach the old coaching uh, title to the, to the resume? Well, you know, um, I, like I said, we have an amazing running community here where I live. I'm super lucky. Um, we have a lot of really great running groups and running clubs. Um, <clears throat> but none of them were really geared towards women like mm-hmm. I was, overweight and slow and just needing to get moving. Um, and I really felt like I had a perspective that maybe was lacking and there was this whole big group of, of people that I could help. And, um, you know, I, I'm not super fast. I'm not an elite. I don't, you know, I'm, but I can help women that were just like me that maybe thought they could never do this, that maybe don't do anything now and um, want to do something, but don't know what that looks like. Um, so I, I just thought that, you know, maybe I could help somebody and I mean, it's, it's come, it's come so far. I mean, since I started, I got certified in 2015, um, and I started moms on the run here in Jacksonville in 2017. And I knew that that was just like my niche, you know, to help women to just get moving. And that's really what it's about. It doesn't, we don't have to run a marathon. You know, I'd right. like to tell my women that, you know, on their first day of class, because they'll probably hear me talk about running marathons and then they get scared. You know, I'm like, don't get scared. You don't have to run a marathon. You might want to one day and that's cool too. But, you know, right now we're just going to run for 30 seconds at a time. We're just going to run for a minute at a time. We're just going to move a little bit. Um, and I, I don't know. It's just, I went from, you know, no exercise for so many years to just really enjoying it and having it be something that my body just craved um, and, and getting healthy. And that, you know, you see so many women out there that um, are not healthy and that are not moving like they should be able to. And I just thought maybe that I could help. Yeah, totally. And, and curious where you, where you first heard about moms on the run, was that before you got into coaching or was that kind of when you, when you kind of settled in and found your niche or where did, where did that, that organization first come on your radar? I remember doing research about like how to start a running group or how to, you know, uh, how to find women that I could help. I mean, I was already certified and I came across Moms on the Run, but Moms on the Run is based out of Minneapolis or Minnesota. Um, and they have uh, several locations, uh, 40 plus locations um, up in the north. And it wasn't anything that's anywhere in the south. So it was kind of like, eh, well, you know, I don't want to have to start over. I don't want to have to you know, rebrand the whole thing here in Florida. And so I, I talked to the owner and I kind of put it aside for a while, for like a good year. 
but it kept gnawing at me. And I was doing one-on-one coaching. Uh, I was talking to, you know, a lot of people, um, and, and doing it that way, but I still hadn't found like how to do it in person. And I really wanted to do it in person. So, uh, Carissa Johnson, she's the owner of moms on the run. She started it, um, the moms on the run. And I called her again and I'm like, let's just, let's talk again. Let's, let's, let's figure this out because, um, I, I it just kept gnawing at me. I like didn't go away. So, you know, when something just like won't go out of your brain, then it's probably something good. So we talked and I started my first location in September of 2017, uh, had nine women to sign up my very first season. Um, and then by the first year I had 20, um, up to 50 ladies and my first location, um, we started a second location. So actually I have three now, Mm, um, with different coaches on different sides of towns here in Jacksonville, different sides of town here in Jacksonville. And, um, we, all run together on Sunday. So we all do our long runs together, which is really cool. But we do individual classes um, on our own side of town. So, you know, we're touching women's lives and we're helping them get moving. And again, we have walkers. So it's not just about running. It's just about moving. Yeah. And, and I feel like maybe it's a little bit of a stereotype, although I feel like I see it in my, in my household as well, or at least have in, 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 um, or at least, you know, whatever, whatever I'm trying to say, I feel like it's, it's a stereotype, but I've, I've, I've witnessed it where, um, you know, sometimes the moms, especially when the kids are, are little, um, have a tendency or that, that gut instinct to like take care of the kids sometimes at the expense of taking care of, of themselves. And like you said earlier, it's just about being healthy and moving, yeah. uh, and, and how good that can be for the individual, but also as, as an example family. for the, yeah. for the kids and family as well. Absolutely. You know, if we don't take care of ourselves, then everything suffers. And, you know, we're as moms are, you know, kind of head of the family at home a lot of times and everything else gets taken care of. And we so often put ourselves at the very bottom of the list. And the truth is, is that if we don't make time for ourselves, they're not going to. They're not going to. They're not going to make time for us. You know, our, our spouses or partners usually are not going to be like, honey, you know, go take some time for yourself. I mean, it's it, not that they're, you know, mean or whatever, but they, it just, it just doesn't usually come up, you know? I mean, so much of our time is taken by taking care of other people and we end up running ourselves down and then we can't be the best mom or the best partner or the best coworker or the best friend. I mean, mm-hmm. something ends up dropping, you know, one of those balls get dropped. And if we can, you know, set aside a little bit of time for us to feel good, to have more energy, to just, you know, to be comfortable in our own skin, then that carries over to every other aspect. It, our children see, uh, you know, how confident that we are and how exercise makes us healthier and how um, maybe we yell a little less. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe we're a little nicer. <laughs> maybe things get done a little bit more. About you, Denny, but when I get up and run in the morning, more things happen throughout the day. I get more done. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's uh, yeah. It, it, you know, it's one thing when it's a rest day and I don't run that day. Usually, that's I'll still be okay. But yeah, if it's a day that I had planned on running and for one reason or other the alarm doesn't go off or or whatever, you know, it's just like man, that's. I don't know. Maybe, oh, maybe God, there's a bias there, that? but it's just, Oh, I hate that. When I wake up late, it just kind of throws everything off. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it does. It just, everything's a little bit off kilter. My attitude's off kilter. Like it just, it just isn't a good situation for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. For anybody, not yeah. just you. It's everybody. No, totally. Everybody suffers. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, 
you, you mentioned when you were getting started in coaching that you were doing kind of the one-on-one thing, whether it was in person or, or virtual, but then kind of, you know, really kind of, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but really kind of finding your, your own with the group and with, with the, the, the ladies in, in the mom, you know, with once the moms on the run got going and you had that, that community, that group of, of women on a regular basis. Um, I'm curious to, to your perspective from a coach, cause I've never really done the in-person group coaching type of thing. Like a hundred percent of my coaching has always been virtual. It's always been, virtual. you know, one-on-one individualized things like that. Um, yeah. what are some of the different differences you've seen? Maybe, maybe challenges, or maybe that's not even the right word, but, um, comparing and contrasting the, the, the online virtual coaching world from a coach's perspective versus the in-person where we're all kind of doing the same thing on Sunday. And then maybe there's other stuff that gets mixed in throughout the week situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, I do quite a bit of virtual coaching as well. And uh, it's definitely different uh, just being out there and being able to, you know, see their form, see, you know, what they're doing, talking to them more on a, you know, a right face to face situation. Um, I'm able to learn more about them. And I think that is really cool. I'm able to actually run with people. Um, which I obviously can't do when I'm doing um, online or virtual coaching, but and and that could be a challenge too, you know, because then that's more wear and tear on my body, and I'm no spring chicken here, you know, <laughs> so I have to be careful about um, overdoing it myself. Um, but it is hard sometimes to figure out like where everybody goes, where everybody should be, making sure that. Um, like somebody else isn't working too hard, maybe, you know, putting them in the right group, because as soon as you put somebody in the wrong group and they're overworking, then they get hurt or maybe they don't come back because it was too hard. Um, or, you know, I I don't know, there's a lot of little things that go along with it. Um, there's also challenges in just leading a group of, you know, 50 women, it's a lot, <laughs> you know, I mean, you get a lot, you get a, a lot of women together and um, there, there can be uh, some ups and downs, right? There's some, sometimes there's uh, just personality clashes that I have to deal with. And I'm like, wait a second, we're just here to run. Like what's going on? But um, you have to manage all that too. And, and that can be a challenge, but uh, I mean, it all works out mm-hmm. eventually. <laughs> Um, but part of what we do at moms on the run too, is not just the running. So I I don't know about you, but I am a big advocate of strength training and we incorporate strength training into each and every one of our classes. So we run for a little bit and then we do some runner specific strength. And that I think brings us all back together because we're all on more of an equal playing ground there. Um, you know, we've got the front groups that are faster, we got the middle groups, and then we've got the walkers. And I think that separates people a little bit, separates our ladies, and sometimes we end up kind of clicking up a little bit. But when we do our strength training, we all come back together, we all laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably cuss at me under their breath because they don't like <laughs> if it. If you're doing it right, they're cussing at you under their breath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But, you know, it's, a, it's a, I think it's a big part of the program because if we don't do it, then eventually we're not going to be able to run. We're going to have issues that come up. And, um, you know, so it's a, it's a big part of our program. And I do think that that helps to kind of glue us all back together a little bit more. Yeah, that's and, and, and what a perfect, you know, what I don't want to say metaphor necessarily, although I guess I'm going to say what a perfect metaphor for, for keeping everything together. Because like you said, or again, like I, like I kind of heard, maybe I'm, I'm butchering what you said, but, you know, sometimes that strength training is, is that, that component that a lot of runners kind of know that probably they would benefit from, yet a lot of us kind of 
find excuses to not do it. I think we can probably replace a lot with most. Right, <laughs> like, right, hopefully. Most runners don't do that strength part, and, they, and most runners know that they should. Right. Um, but don't. And, I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm a runner, too. You know, if we have a certain amount of time, then we're going to allot that time to running. And then we're going to finish that run. We're going to sh- jump in the shower. And we're going to be on with the rest of our day. And there's very little time, if any at all, to get in a little bit of strength training. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I know I've, I've beat on this, this drum countless times and I'll beat on it countless more times about how important it is and, and, and try to, to, um, practice what I preach on this front, which Lord knows I don't always practice what I preach on the, the foam rolling front as much as I maybe could, but the strength training part, I like to think I'm pretty good at, but one w- what I'm trying to get to Amy is, you know, like you said, we, at the end of your, your classes, you try to incorporate some running specific strength training workouts. Um, for all the ladies to make sure that they're getting that work done and, and building the, the muscular strength and muscular um, foundation that whatever your running goals are, are going to ultimately be is very beneficial and, and complementary to those goals. So I'm curious, you know, what kind of, of, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of overlap here, but, but what are kind of some of your go-to strength training exercises that you really feel like both from experience and from, from knowledge, like are super beneficial to us as runners and and something that we can hopefully be able to incorporate even without a gym membership. If that's something that's holding us back or a lack of all kinds of equipment at home, like whatever those excuses are, what are some, some exercises that maybe can kind of work around those a little bit? Well, we meet outside. So all of our classes are outside. So we have no equipment. And sometimes I'll bring um, some weights or something Mm -hmm. just to mix it up. But the truth is that all you need is a resistance band. Um, We can do everything that we need to do with a resistance band. And um, we focus most of our strength training um, on core, hips, and glutes. So right in that middle section, um, you know, I I don't know if I can say this, but basically boobs to knees, you know, right (laughs) in that middle section, because Um, that is where the majority of our running injuries, um, they start from right there in that middle section from a weakness in our core, a weakness in our hips, a weakness in our glutes. That's what leads all the way down to the chain. It leads to runner's knee. It leads to plantar fasciitis. It leads to shin splints. It leads to, uh, tendonitis. I mean, all of them start from a weakness in our hips and our glutes. So, um, we focus most of our work there. Um, we do a lot of bridges. We do a lot of clams. We do a lot of uh, single leg work. So single leg deadlifts. We do a lot of monster walks. Mm. Um, we do a lot of uh, even sideline leg lifts, you know, just very simple stuff. And uh, it, it's it, it's interesting to, you know, get a big group of women out there and to have them realize that this very simple exercise that they're like, oh, I can do that. And I'm like, okay, three sets of 10 sideline leg lifts. And they're basically in tears by the end mm. of the third set. I'm like, all right, guys, this is this is why we have to do this. Like if we can't lift our leg up 30 times without crying, then how are we going to pound on the pavement for however long we want to? I mean, it's it, there's got to you know, there's that correlation there. So um, that's the majority of the work that we do. Um, we do some core work stuff, uh, you know, dedicated core work. We do a lot of planks. We do. I love wall sits because they're mm-hmm. easy to do outside. Mm-hmm. Just find a wall, find a tree and we can do them. Um, that's easy. So really anything that's squeezing those butt cheeks yep. and getting our hips and glutes stronger is what we focus on. No, that's that's so important. And, and I've heard it said before, and I'll throw this question out to you, Amy, to see if, 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 if you agree or if you've heard something similar before as well, but that it's really hard while running. Like we, we've all heard, you know, activate your glutes more and, and you need to get your glutes firing while you're running. But it's really hard to do that 
during a run to like try to make that connection to like you can try to think about doing it, but it's it's not super easy. It's but, not. But by firing by by working the glutes by by actually activating them not necessarily while running but by doing the clamshells by doing some of the leg raises by doing some of the single leg stuff that forces the glute medius to work and balance and stabilize that 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 actually is more likely to then just allow the glutes to fire kind of on their own while running and so it's one of those things where you know it might seem like it's not going to help. I don't know that it's going it might not seem like it's not going to help you but like like why would doing this afterwards make any difference well because it it connects the brain to the glutes and then they just start firing while you're running. Does that make sense and and resonate at all? Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. And you know, uh, race pictures or, you know, if you, if you ever get pictures (laughs) of you running are a really good indication of, you know, if there is a weakness there, because I can look at a race picture and tell you, because there's, if you see one hip dropping down over, you know, the other hip, if you see like one side kind of lower than the other, um, a race photo from behind is really simple too because one side of the shirt is like lower than the other side and what's happening there is the standing leg the land that the leg that you're on that the weakness in that glute is not allowing your hips to stabilize and keep them up even so when your other leg is coming through that stride your hip you got a hip dip basically mm-hmm. so that hip is dipping down on that side that you're not on and then when your leg comes through that stride it has, your body has to work harder to push into that stride so you know it, it is a very simple process to get that I mean, it takes work, but, you know, it's a simple process. You do the strength training, all of a sudden those glutes get stronger. They're able to fire more when you're out there running and your hips are able to stay level. Your legs are able to come through that stride even and smooth. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to work as hard to get, you know, to get to that next step. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's simple, but not necessarily easy. But right. like if you, if you commit to it, just like you commit to your running, you, you make it part of your routine as much as, as much as you can. And, and, you know, it doesn't take a lot, 15 no, minutes. You right. know, I mean, it, it really doesn't. And it, it still isn't the fun part. No, let's, let's it's, it's certainly not. It's certainly not. Um, we don't get that adrenaline rush from doing clamshells and bridges. <laughs> right. Right. But, you know, again, and, and I know we're on the same team here, but like, you know, you don't get that adrenaline rush on the day, but if it makes race day that much better, if it, if it prevents the injury six weeks from now, so you can continue to run and build your fitness and work towards your, your goals, like small price to pay to have a little bit less endorphins each day because you did your strength training. Um, but to stay on track with the training. Even if you don't care about PRs, I mean, there are some runners out there that, you know, they just run to have fun. Um, maybe they run races to have fun, but if we can't do the training to get to race day because we're injured, then then you're not you having know. fun. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting the adrenaline from right. running, and you're definitely not having very much fun. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, key piece of the puzzle. Key piece of the puzzle. And and one of the reasons I always love having coaches on the show is is to um, hopefully maybe say something that's a that's a little bit differently than how I say it, so that somebody who zones me out. And Lord knows, I know all y'all y'all zone me out all the time. Getting Amy on here, getting a different voice, saying the same thing from a different angle. Hopefully, it it rings I true. Can and tell we can... you how often I literally see my ladies out there rolling their eyes at me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, y'all y'all can roll your eyes at me all you want, but you know when you can't run in a month because you're hurt, and you come to me and you're like. Uh, I got this problem. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you remember when you rolled your eyes at me? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And too, Jenny, you know, it's funny because, well, it's not funny. It's not funny, ha-ha. But, you know, I'll have a, a, a runner that comes to me and she's like, I, got, I have this pain. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, go see a PT. You know, and we have PTs that we work with, of course. And they'll go see a PT and then they'll come back to me. I'll be like, hey, what happened? 
well, they told me to do all the exercises that you've been telling me to do. <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. And sometimes we need that, right? We need that doctor, that physical therapist, that other mm -hmm. voice, just like you said, you know, it's another voice that comes in that says, hey, you need to do this. Um, but if I could just get people to understand that, hey, you could do this and you don't have to go to the PT. Like you could right. save money and right. time and effort and going to the PT twice a week for an hour. I mean, it's, it's a pain, right? Like we don't want to do that. Yeah. And, and you know, what, what a great, great point. Talk about, oh, I don't have time to get 10 minutes or 15 minutes of strength training in after my, my runs a few times a week. Well, now, now carve out a time to go to the PT for an hour to, to drive there, to drive back, to sit in the doctor's office. Cause Lord knows you get there at the time of your appointment, but they ain't ready to see you yet. So like, you know, you don't have, you don't have time, but you know, eventually when you're injured, you'll, you'll be forced to find time. And that's, that's, you know, nobody wants to be in that situation, even though a lot of us have been there. We don't, nobody wants to be there. Right. So, but um, it happens. yeah, it, it totally does. As we're, as we're getting kind of starting to get close to, to wrapping up today, Amy, I'd, I'd love to, to maybe touch on one more kind of general topic. Um, and that's the, the idea of, of the running community. I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, both, uh, you know, like having such a great community in the Jacksonville area, always having people to run with. Um, but, but, I don't know what, maybe just kind of zoom out and eventually we'll kind of zoom as, as we go. But like, how important is that community to you? Not only to you as, as a runner, but in, in creating it for the women that are part of your, your moms on the run group. I think that the community is so important and, you know, I, I feel for women and for runners in general who don't have it. I know that there's so many people all over the country and all over the world who run alone and, and like it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I run alone every once in a while and I enjoy that that solitude as well. But um, the camaraderie, the accountability, the motivation, just knowing somebody is there at five o'clock on a Saturday morning, um, it makes all the difference in whether you're going to get it done and you know, how, if you're going to get the whole run done or a little bit of it, or if you're going to start on time or, you know, I live in Florida. So if we don't start at 5am, then it might not happen at all. Amen to that. You know, cause it's so hot. Um, but the community is, is I think it's imperative and, um, I feel so sorry for people that don't have it. I'm like, come down here and run with me. You can come live with me. It's okay. <laughs> for, for those that, that maybe are in that situation where there's, there's not a massive running scene in their, in their immediate community, or, or maybe they're just not plugged into it for whatever reason, any number of, of valid reasons that there might be a lot of runners in your area, but you're not really plugged in or you're not, you're not part of the group, which, you know, we can, that could be a whole nother wormhole, but you know, it, it can certainly happen. Um, how you know what's your start a moms on the run start a mom, there we go start a moms on the run yes yeah. moms on the run franchises are available all over the country and you do not have to be a running coach to start it moms on the run will train you and get you certified to let you um and not only the running part but also the strength part so you feel mm. confident um and this is how we bring these running communities together yeah. you know so if you don't have one then start one or start a group or start something. I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it, it's just such a, it's been such a blessing for me and for my women. I mean, so like, we have these seasons that we do, we do a, a spring season and a summer season and a fall season. 
and we have two week breaks in between. Okay, so we take two weeks off in between each season. And literally, my ladies don't do anything during break. <laughs> and, and, you know, I've thought before, I'm like, well, maybe I should take these breaks away because they come back and then they're like, we're going to start over again. I'm like, well, that, you know, I, at the same time, they kind of appreciate how, you know, the group works then because I think by the end of a season, you know, attendance starts to drop a little bit. Everybody gets a little complacent. And then all of a sudden, they don't have a class to go to. They don't have that accountability. And all of a sudden, they do nothing. And then we get back to it. And then all this, you know, attendance is way back up again. So, you know, that accountability is such a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you can form these groups. So you don't have to be, you know, a elite runner. You don't even have to be um, super knowledgeable. You just have to have a love of the sport. Um, you have to want to be around people. You got to kind of be a people person, I guess, right? Um, and you just have to want to love running and help people. Yeah. What's your take on like the online running community, whether it's a Facebook group, whether it's hashtags on Instagram or Twitter? Like, I, I, to me, I, I am I am an introvert's introvert. So like, I yeah. kind of almost enjoy the online routine a little bit. Like, I don't mind running with another. Actually, I really enjoy running with another person or two. But like a whole big group, eh, a little little sketchier. I mean, maybe some maybe yeah. a, a comfort zone I should push. But like. You know, what's your take on online? Not quite as good, better than nothing. Where, where do you stand on like kind of the online community? I actually have a pretty decent uh, number of runners that I coach uh, virtually now. And um, I mean, it, having um, somebody to be accountable to if you don't have that community. I mean, I can't say enough about, um, you know, hiring a coach. And I'm not trying to say that y'all right. should call me or Denny or whatever, but um, you know, when I'm training, I am a coach. And when I'm training for something, I hire a coach. And it's because being accountable to myself doesn't really work. Um, it's, it's about having somebody else kind of take a look from the outside and say, this is how to change this. Or, you know, um, I'm watching you just to have somebody watching and knowing that they're there, um, you know, caring if you do your workout or not can make the difference in doing it or not doing it. <laughs> um, so I think that aspect of the online, um, you know, is a big deal. Um, running groups, sure, they're great. I think that sometimes like Facebook groups, social media, I think that sometimes that they maybe will push us a little bit too hard. Right. Like maybe we try to do a little bit more than we should, uh, try to run a little faster than we should because we're trying to put up, you know, cool numbers. And I think mm -hmm. that can be detrimental. Um, I actually am not a big fan of Strava um, because, you know, I, I think that it can be a problem to to just want those kudos, you know. Um, so I think that is got to be really careful with it. Um, but as far as having somebody to be accountable to, I think it can definitely make a big difference. Yeah, totally. I, I you know, I, I know I said earlier, some days I really struggle to get out. On, on my long run, especially in the summertime, but like, by God, if I'm, if I, if I know I've got a running date that morning, if I'm meeting, mm -hmm. meeting one of my friends, like it, uh, it, it's a lot harder to just stick around in the kitchen and putz around on the phone yes, um, at five o'clock or four 30 in the morning. Like I got to go waiting. because I got to, I got somebody waiting for me. Like we got to get our miles in. She's got to get yep. home to her family. I got to get home to my yep. family. Like let's, let's make it happen. So, let's so go. yeah, having that, even that, if it's a friend that doesn't talk, I have this one running friend. I love her to death. And, and, and she, and she's not much of a talker. So when I go run with her, we don't really talk, but we're both there, right? right? We're both there. We're accountable to each other. And then, you know, we could run 10, 15, 20 miles, like literally not saying a whole lot, but we're just there for each other. You know, we're keeping that, that accountability going. And then that certainly makes a difference. Oh, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we're, as we're wrapping up, Amy, one, one last final question for you. I call it the, the philosophical question, which isn't really that philosophical, but just kind of like the introductory question, very open-ended, take it whichever way you want to go with it. And that's what we'll kind of put a, put a bow on things for today. Um, but just, just curious, um, in your, in your years as, as a runner from that, you know, first time getting into, uh, the first 5k when it clicked to, to where we are today, What's uh what's maybe something you've learned about yourself? Maybe you learned about others, whichever way you can take it whichever way you want to go, but what's something that you've learned through running that, you know, who knows, but maybe you never would have learned had you not, you know, listened to your mom and got gotten started with uh with running uh, you know, in those those days after having your baby. Well, I think that I've learned that I uh, have a very high pain threshold. Uh, <laughs> um, I definitely have learned that I'm a lot stronger than I think I am. Um, I was never, um, I never really wanted, I think I thought I was more of an introvert, like you said, um, before I started running, but now I like being around people. Um, I enjoy kind of seeing their progress. And even as as a coach, I think that I've learned to um, kind of put myself on a back seat sometimes, um, because it's to me, it's just as satisfying to see somebody else um, hit that big goal and how excited they are, uh, when they do, as it is for me to hit those big goals myself. Mm. And, um, I think it's really cool to like turn the spotlight off you sometimes and on to somebody else and, and see how you can make a difference in somebody else's life. And, um, I can sit here forever and tell you stories about, uh, women that have really come out of their shell that have uh, you know, not just about weight loss, but about just feeling good about themselves and seeing them smiling and actually feeling some confidence again. And um, I just love that. So I, I think I've learned that um, that I actually like people. <laughs> well, good on you. I'm still I'm still working on that lesson, um, <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. But thank you for for sharing that, Amy and y'all. Uh, once again, if you enjoyed today's conversation, especially those of you in in the Duval County or surrounding yeah. areas of Jacksonville, might be looking for a group to run with. Hey, look up Moms on the Run, and again, the the website there is MomsOnTheRun.com/slash/Jacksonville. Connect with Amy on on Instagram at Amy Magdalene uh, or at Moms on the Run Jacks Facebook. Look for the Jacksonville Moms on the Run group and connect with her there. Once again. Dizruns.com slash 1078. Dizruns.com slash 1078 is the link back to the show notes for today. We'll have everything linked up there as per usual. So, Amy, thanks for uh, for taking the time today. Glad to, to finally have a chance to chat a little bit, get to know you a little bit more than uh, when we when our ships kind of passed in the night and in the, in the sad days of the end of charge. But uh, glad that we were able to connect there and, and looking forward to staying in touch and, and seeing what the future holds. But, uh, again, thanks for the time today and nothing but the best for you going forward. Thank you so, so much. It's been fun. Bye, guys. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Amy and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour? Du jour. Uh, for me, it was from, from very early in the conversation. And it really, it really stood out to me then. And it kind of stood out to me since going back and listening to it again. And that was when Amy was talking about kind of, you know, the being an athlete growing up, playing all the sports and coming out of, you know, senior year of high school, kind of giving everything up in part, at least because she was in a car accident, injured herself. And the, I believe the exact words and you fact check me, uh, maybe I'm not quite exact, but I'm close enough was that she used that as an excuse to kind of not do anything for a while. And the reason that that stood out to me is is maybe the the word the, the use of the word excuse and and this isn't me casting shade on Amy at all I mean I, I don't I, no not not at all um, but it just it just 
maybe hit close to home because I've been known to come up with an excuse or two from time to time to avoid doing things, whether it's it's different workouts, whether it's getting on the foam roller, whether it's work things, whether it's life things. Um, I'm pretty good at coming up with excuses. Sometimes, hopefully most of the time, but at least once in a while, at least sometimes the excuses are very much valid, right? Like getting in a car accident and being injured. Like, I feel like that's a very valid excuse. You know, if that were to happen, heaven forbid, if that were to happen to like not run for a while, maybe not do as many other types of workouts and activities and things like that. But where the takeaway comes for me today is, is just the reminder that when life happens in some form or fashion and it throws you out of the routine, like that's, that's okay. That's not a failure. Like the, the, it is what it is, but to be mindful of that or aware of that and ready to get back on track when you're able to. Um, and, and again, this isn't casting shade uh, on, on Amy at all. Um, but I know that I've been there before. Maybe you have as well, where once, you know, once you get out of the routine for me, it was with some foam rolling. I had a pretty good routine going there for a while. And then all this moving stuff with my, all my mobility work, massage balls, the cross, you know, like all the things. But then we started packing up for the move, got out of the routine. I was spending time like, and I haven't really done any mobility work, any serious mobility work. in I don't know, a month and a half, two months. Like, it's kind of ridiculous, but it just kind of became the new normal, you know? Like, there for a while, it was normal to stretch and massage and do different types of, of mobility work drills every night. I was doing them every night, 10, 15 minutes, boom, 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 five, six times a week, sometimes seven times a week. I haven't done seven times in, in the last two and a half months because I got out of the routine. And so just hearing Amy talk about, you know, that was the, ex- the excuse to not do anything and, 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 you know, kind of, you know, ultimately she ended up getting back into running, obviously, but like that just, that just really hit home for me of like, oh yeah, it's easy to have some life thing happen and then can be very difficult to get back on track. So I'm going to, I'm going to need to really work on this whole getting back to my mobility work. You know, now that we're we're into the house and settling in and still unpacking a little bit, but settling in a bit, got access to my workout stuff. I've got access to my bands and, and all of the things. Now I need to use them. I need to get back on track, make that the new normal, as opposed to this current normal of not doing the work. So that's, that was my reminder. That was my takeaway. Don't let, don't let life happening derail you for, for a, a longer period of time than necessary. Hope that made a little bit of sense. And again, there's no, there's nothing like, this is all about me, not about Amy here. Like, that's just what, what she said and how it really struck with me. And maybe it did with you. Maybe it was something different. If you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram. You can also send an email of course to disruns at gmail.com. And if you really want to, you can head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at disruns.com slash 1078 disruns.com slash one zero seven eight. Uh, we've got some links, we've got some photos, and of course, down there at the bottom, we've got that comment section. You can type away to your heart's content all your thoughts, all your feedbacks, all your takeaways, everything from today's episode that's on your mind. If you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. Also there on the show notes for today's episode, we've got a little clickable link to Amino Co. If uh, you're ready to get some Perform or some Heal or any of the other blends that they have available, they, they've got a handful. Um check them out get some amino acids in your life get some more amino acids in your life 
Um, and you won't regret it. You won't regret it. Give your body what it needs to, uh, you know, keep getting stronger, keep taking care of yourself. Supplement the diet. Uh, aminoco.com slash disruns is the link. Disruns at checkout is the coupon code. Save yourself 30% on whatever you order. So that's that's not nothing. That's, that's better than a stick in the eye, I think. 30%, that's substantial. So get yourself some. Diz, uh, I'm sorry, aminoco.com slash disruns. Disruns at checkout to save 30%. Thanks to Aminoco once again for sponsoring today's episode. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Amy and I with you today. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that share button. Always love it when you spread the word. Until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.